Hey, thanks for tuning in to this podcast. We would love to hear how God is using this ministry to encourage your life. If you want to find out more, visit our website at freedomlifeag.org. Welcome to Freedom. As I begin part three of this message series called God of the Movement, we learned that in part one, we talked about how the children of Israel were leaving Egypt and God provided the opportunity for them to no longer be bound. And so we look at the moment when they left Egypt and they were facing the Red Sea. Many of you have read this story multiple times and I know you know the story. But I hope to be able to unfold some things in the storyline that would benefit and encourage you here today. We look at the Red Sea moment. We look as they were staring at the Red Sea in front of them. They could hear the hoofs of the, of the horses behind them, the chariots and Pharaoh's commanders coming upon them. They could hear them. How many of you have ever been in a situation like that where you could hear the enemy coming? Feel like, man, he's coming. This stuff is happening behind me. I could hear him approaching. And they were staring at this Red Sea. And they had that moment where they said, I am stuck between water and a hard place. Hello? That's a bad situation to be in. And then we looked at how God delivered them there. And then we looked at last week um, on the evening, part two of this message series, um, where I talked about where God guides, God provides. And some of you that were not here, you want to take a listen to that, stream it, download it, even get a copy on the foyer. But where God guides, he provides. Every single time he was guiding his people, he had provisions for them in place. We look at our situation, we think to ourselves, is God really in this? Or did he give us two weeks notice two months ago and never told me? You ever felt like that? Like your guardian angel gave a two weeks notice two months ago and he never told you? That's what we're talking about. See, I don't want to miss what God is doing now, but I also don't want to miss what God is doing next. I don't want to miss what God is doing now, but I sure don't want to miss what God is doing next. So I want to talk here in part three of this series. Again, it's a small series, a three-parter. And I want to talk about how God, as he's the healer and giver of miracles of the moment, he is also the sustainer and provider and protector of the movement. I want to talk to you about, it's all about the cloud. It's all about the cloud. Now, let me back up for a moment and let me tell you this. Out of everything that I've told you the last few sessions... I want to tell you this right here, right now, in this message. One of the most important things you have to realize this morning is simply this. God's presence is constant. God's presence is constant. Even if you don't feel him, he's constant. Even if you don't know it, he's constant. He's the picture of efficiency and consistency. He's always here. He's always working, he's always caring, he's always calling, and he's always calling us to get closer to him. Would you agree with that this morning? I'm going to ask you this morning as we talk about it's all about the cloud. Turn with me if you would to Exodus 
chapter 13. Exodus chapter 13. We're going to begin in verse 17. And if you have your Bibles, I encourage you to look at it there. If you don't have your Bibles with you, I want you to look up at the screen. There are some highlighted parts that I put there that the Bible didn't put there. I did. But um, let me go ahead and read verse 17 and following for a few moments. When Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them along the main road. The main road that runs through the Philistine territory. Even though that was the shortest route to the promised land. Have you got that? Just, that's kind of not the picture that we see God, is it? God has always wanted to, he wants to give you a promise right away. No, no, no. God is not in the business of making you comfortable. He's in the business of getting you right with him. And not only that, keeping you right with him. And I'll read, as I read, you'll see what I'm talking about. He didn't allow them to walk the shortest route to the promised land. And I'll continue to read. God said, if the people are faced with a battle, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. Did you see how, how God realized how shallow and how jagged and jaded the people were? How the, the abuse of the Egyptians and how, how they were mistreated so badly that just the slightest opposition would cause them to go back. Some of us walked into this room the same way, jaded so bad that you're ready to go back to the way you used to be with one single bit of opposition. Just one. All it takes is one moment in time where all of a sudden you're saying, I don't think I want to do this anymore. You mean there's Philistines over there? I don't want anything to do with that. Give me Egypt. Give me Egypt. But I dare go on a little further to say that there are some people that are so dysfunctional and their idea how God loves them that they would even go with the Philistines because it's at least the closest thing to Egypt. They're willing to hang with the Philistines, the enemy, just because it's at least comfortable because that's all I know. And, I, and the, rea- the reality of our lives, we don't want to admit that. Nobody in this room wants to admit that, that what's comfortable is what we embrace. Let me go on and read. So God led them in a roundabout way through the wilderness toward the Red Sea. Right? Thus the Israelites left Egypt like an army ready for battle. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him. Joseph had made the sons of Israel swear to do this. He said, God will certainly come to help you. When he does, take my bones with you from this place. Verse 20. The Israelites left Succoth and camped at Etham, at the edge of the wilderness. The Lord went ahead of them. I'm going to say that again. The Lord went ahead of them. He guided them during the day with a pillar of cloud, and he provided the light at night with a pillar of fire. Always providing. That's my God. This allowed them to travel by day or by night. And the Lord did not remove the pillar of cloud 
or the pillar of fire from its place from in front of the people. I need you to hear me and hear me closely. Every person at the sound of my voice, hear what I'm about to tell you. God desires permanent freedom for you. Not temporary freedom. Not temporary relief from your addiction. Not temporary relief from your struggles. He wants to free you completely from Egypt. He wants to remove the hindrance and remove the hinderer. He didn't just take them from Egypt. He took them from Pharaoh. He didn't take them just from discouragement. He took them from the discourager. He didn't just rip them out of bondage and say, I want you to be free. But you know what? He put in them a free spirit to trust him. And he said to them, follow the cloud. Follow the cloud. God took them the long way because the short way was detrimental. God took them the long way because not all the time is a shortcut the right cut. We in our minds think that the short term view of comfort is the good idea. Raise your hand if you enjoy comfort. Hands down. Raise your hand if you like predictability to some degree. You like to know what's coming up. Come on, don't lie. I like to know what's next. Give me patience. Give it to me now. Raise your hand if you like safety. Have you ever prayed for safety? You like safety, right? I think all of us have prayed for safety for our children. There's nothing wrong with that. How many like peace? Who likes peace? Yeah? Yeah? Hands down. How many of you say, Pastor Tony, stop making me raise my hand. Okay, just go ahead and raise your hand. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you. Biologists recognize a principle at work among plants and animals. And this term is called the adversity principle. The adversity principle. As strange as it seems, holding on to your well-being is not always to your benefit. Now, let me go on a little further. An existence without challenge takes a toll on virtually every living thing. If you go through your life and you're not challenged, it will take its toll on you. This may explain the poll that was taken. The uh, survey was made and 87% of the people surveyed said that a painful event such as a death, illness, breakup, or divorce caused them to find a more positive meaning in life. That doesn't mean that God orchestrated or God wanted the divorce, God wanted the pain, God wanted the death. That does not mean that. What it does mean is that when something challenges us, when something comes against us, when something is out to our opposition, we are better because of it. No, we don't want to admit that on the spot. That's why we pray ahead of protection on us. Right? Some of us pour oil on our children. Lord, you know their school situation. The kids are walking out. <laughs> Jesus. Kids are like, Mom, I can't see. It's too much oil. I'm just anointing you, child of mine. 
I need to pray Jesus all over my kids. Mom, I smell like Wesson. It's Jesus. It's just Jesus. There's nothing wrong with praying for protection, right? We've all been there and you should continue to do that. But know something, that a painful event, a painful occurrence sometimes can bring about the best in you. And don't you want God's best for you? Indirectly, you're asking for some pain. But God promises that no matter what you go through, He is with you. And I have recollected in my life many a times where I'd rather walk with God and go through pain and go through difficulties than to walk this thing alone through life that seems easy. Because it seems easy, but it's not. I'm just doing my own thing, and sooner or later, it'll catch up. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. There's happiness in sin for a little while. And then after a while, when it catches up, you're writing checks your body can't cash. But when I pray, and God provides a cloud, follow the cloud. Because it's all about the cloud. I want God in my route. How many of you have ever been driving and I, this happened to me? Let me see if there's anybody else in the room that this happened to. You punch in an address on your GPS, whether it's a Tom Tom or, or you tell Siri, take me here. And you, you're driving and all of a sudden it tells you, get off this route. And you're like, that's not the route I've taken before. Now you're in a conundrum, right? Now you're in a situation where you're supposed to get off in 0.3 miles. And you're like, do I go straight? That's the way I know. Or do I make a right and get off this exit? Because sometimes... That computer knows things I don't. There's a construction or something I don't know about. And I'm thinking to myself, what am I missing? What am I missing? Do I, have to, do I go the way I know? Or do I follow this voice coming from my device that tells me get off? It's not my wife. But it's this female voice that keeps telling me, turn right. Turn right. Recalculating. So, you know, sometimes this, maybe this happened to you. I'm about to pull off, but I'm not. So I pull off where the lines are and I'm in the middle like. And I'm staring at my steering wheel like. What do I do? What do I do? Do I go Tony's route? Which has got me in a lot of trouble. Or do I go that route? to make up for this sometimes follow the cloud you may not always know the, the best route but God does the Lord went before them and he blazed a trail he had a fire by night and cloud by day he made a way where there seems to be no way you know what's interesting about the way that he took them he could have he taken them through the Philistine uh, territory but he didn't he took them the roundabout way because he saw their, their, how fragile they were. He saw how frail they were in their faith. And so they actually took a roundabout way which wasn't convenient. And the way that they took them was called in Hebrew was called the weedy sea. Because in fact it was, it was a forestary, foresty area. And, and there was a, for all intents and purposes the road less traveled. Took them that route. And some of you in this room, look at me. Some of you have taken the road less traveled and you thought God had forsaken you. Can I tell you this right now? That just because it's the road less traveled 
It's not the godless traveled. God is in that midst if you trust him and you heard from him. See, it does seem like the harder road, yes. But God is there and I'd rather have God with me than not. He will never fail you or forsake you. And for no reason, for no reason, there are times where it seems to be no reason, God will say, turn here. And you're like, but that's not what I planned, God. God says, you don't know what you planned because you didn't plan it. Turn here. You don't know that there's construction ahead. You don't know. Turn here. God had something else. He's getting you to the same destination. Just doing it in his way. The journey that Israel went through, I want to share with you just a couple quick things. Because here's basically my points here today. And it happens in three phases. When you trust Jesus, three things happen in your life. And you need to understand this. These three things have everything to do with your faith. So the first thing is this. When you trust Jesus, no, phase number one is this. You are immediately, completely, and permanently delivered from the penalty of sin. You are immediately, completely, and permanently delivered from the penalty of sin. You don't have to beg God. You don't have to plead with God. If he is your savior and you ask him to come into your life and you ask for forgiveness, he is your savior. There's no expiration date. The Holy Spirit comes into your life and he now begins to guide you and equip you with every resource you need for the journey called life. Are you with me? You have a new position a new status, and a new identity. Let me ask you a question. How many of you know the difference between new and refurbished? Now, when you buy something new, would you like to find out after you buy it that it's refurbished? Some of you said that very strangely, like it's happened to you. There's a distinct difference between new, brand new, And refurbished. New is fresh out the box, out of the factory, in your hands. Refurbished is new, fresh out of the factory, into somebody else's hands for God knows how long and how they treated it. Then they jacked it up and somebody fixed it up and they sold it to you. Refurbished. Now, that doesn't mean that all refurbished things are bad. I've bought refurbished things that have worked longer than some things that were new. And they're cheaper. But I don't want to be tricked into thinking something's new when it's refurbished. Because there's a difference. God never said, and you will become a refurbished creation. God never said, you will become a refurbished generation. You know what he said? You will become a... New creation. All things have passed away. Behold, they're coming back again. No. They're all made new. You are not a refurbished item. You need to know that today. You may think, well, I'm a sinner saved by grace, only by the blood of Jesus. I get that, I get that, I get that, I get that. 
you don't need to preach to the choir. I get that. We're all imperfect. I get that. But when Christ came into your life, you were not refurbished. You are a new creation. Now we got to start acting like it. Does that mean you're perfect? No. But you need to know who you are. Your identity is new. Your status, clean. Clean. That's why Jesus had a problem with the Pharisees. Because they weren't, they weren't washed white, they were whitewashed. There's a difference between cleaning your walls and painting over them. Y'all know what, we're kids, y'all, we kids know what I'm talking about? I can't wash that. That's the problem Jesus had with the Pharisees. They weren't washed white. They weren't new. But they had the appearance of new. God doesn't want that for you. In phase one, you are completely and wholly made new in Christ, not refurbished. I'm hoping this helps somebody. Come on, somebody. You with me? Number two. You begin to learn that the power of sin has no hold on you. So we talked about the penalty. Free from the what? Penalty. Now we're free from the power of sin. You need to learn how to walk in his word and in his promises. And that's where some of the, that's the phase some of you are in right now. You came to Christ. Now you need to work on the word part of your life. How does that word, look at me, affect me? How does that word affect me? You have power in him. You have position in him. You have privilege in him that you never had before. Because the power that you carry is no longer the power of to sin, but powered down from sin. You no longer are part of being lorded over by the power of sin. The old you is no longer you. I remember when I came to Christ, and I don't know how many of you have been through this, where you came to Christ at some point. Can I get your attention for a moment? Watch this. You came to Christ, you gave your life to Jesus, and some friends were like, will you go here with me? And you're like, uh, that's, that's a nice idea, but I'm kind of changed. Oh, you're too good for us now. Oh, I get it. You're too good for us. All right. I'll go find somebody else. You used to care about us. We used to be, we used to be friends. I used to buy you drinks all the time. Now all of a sudden, you're too good for us, right? And you think to yourself, though, that's part of the problem. You used to buy me the drinks. I was broke till you bought them for me. I had issues and you just, uh, you just helped me with those issues. I'm trying to get my life right and they don't understand that. Listen, they don't understand that. Don't judge them for that. Just move on. Pull away. Say, listen, you just, if you love me and you are my friend, respect my decision. You don't have to give an, you don't have to give a reason for everything. They don't call you up and ask you if they can drink themselves to death. They don't call you and ask you if they can go sleep with whoever they want to sleep with. Why should you apologize for your faith? You don't got to give anybody to count except the Lord Jesus Christ for your faith. You are a new creation. I'm not going to apologize for it. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are made new. Phase three. You permanently 
once and for all are delivered. And this is coming from days ahead of us. You will then allow yourself now to be living the life that God wants you to live. One day you will be away from the presence of sin altogether. Now, let me allow this moment. I remember as a youth pastor, if I can just recollect for a moment, as a youth pastor, I was a youth pastor for some years and involved in youth ministry for many years and to some degree still am. But I remember I would talk to a teenager and I've talked to adults that said the same thing, so let's not leave it there. But they came to Christ, they received Jesus. They prayed a prayer, they got a Bible. They've been reading their Bible, they've been praying doing all the things that you're supposed to do. And then they come to me and they say, Pastor Tony, but I'm struggling with this. Pastor Tony, but I keep doing that. And, I, and so I sit down with them and say, okay, well, let's find out where it's coming from because every root, right? Every root grows something. And so every fruit has a root. So let me see your fruit. You're telling me something. Let's find the root. So I would look and dissect with them and I find out, look at me, that everything that they're doing action-wise points to Jesus, but they're hanging around people and have a presence of sin that causes them to still do many of the things that they used to do. So they haven't even allowed themselves to be delivered from the presence of sin. And they go, oh, so I'm not supposed to do that anymore. And I'm going, well, if you want to grow... There's certain things you got to let go of. That doesn't, listen, look at me. That doesn't mean that you leave all your friends. And I, would tell my, I would tell my students that. But I will say that you need to pull away. Because you, you are giving yourself to Jesus. You're accepting the freedom of leaving Egypt. But then you're leading yourself to the Philistine camp. And God's like, no, 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 no. Follow the cloud. Get off. Get off this exit. Get off. And you're like, no, I got this. I got this. I know how to handle this. I can do, God, I got this. Sit back, relax, and watch me work. And that's why you got in your mess. And that's how come you can't, you can't move on from your present, the presence of sin in your life. And you wonder, the people the music, the movies. Now, I'm not getting legalistic, but you hear what I'm saying. Because what you hear, you will adhere. What you hear around you, that's what you're going to adhere to. That's what you're going to favor in your life. You start having bad thoughts, put on some worship music. Watch how that begins to change. Because the focus is no longer on my problem. Some of us, we like the comfort part. We like the sin part. So what we do when we get discouraged, this depressed, we put on music that facilitates that. And then we're wondering why we're feeling this way. I feel like listening to this. And that song doesn't point to Jesus. And you're wondering why you're feeling a certain way. You, I hope you hear that I'm not going legalistic. But I'm telling you the truth. That what, what, you, what you adhere to. It's because oftentimes what you're hearing. <laughs> so who are you hanging around? Sometimes you need to stop and follow the cloud. Because it's all about the cloud. Is this helping anybody? Follow the cloud. God is faithful. 
John 16 tells us, I'm going to do what is best for you. That is why I'm going away. The Holy Spirit cannot come to help you unless I leave. Read it up on the screen for a moment. Until I leave. But after I am gone, I will send the Spirit to you. Verse 13 of chapter 16. The Spirit shows what is true and will come to guide you into what? Full truth. Why? Because half-truths are not full truths. And the way the enemy operates is in half-truths. He gives you enough truth for you to say, hmm, is that true? Did God really say, don't eat off of that tree? I mean, come on. He just, he created all this for you. I had friends that tell me, listen, Tony, God created everything, right? I said, yeah. He created the trees, right? Yeah. So I can smoke anything that comes off the trees, right? Because he created it for us, right? Whoa, hit the brakes. Hit the brakes. Because with that line of thought, I can carve that tree to a bat and smash you anytime I want. Is that okay? <laughs> Tap the brakes. Okay, slow down. Because with that line of thought, you can do a lot of things with it. Just because he has it in creation doesn't mean you do whatever you want with it. Follow the cloud. That was a freebie. That wasn't even in my notes. When God calls your journey of walking in step with him, follow the cloud. When, he, when, you, when you face scary situations, setbacks and delays... Follow the cloud. Say it with me. Follow the cloud. When you've blown it and you've fallen, follow the cloud. When we think we've run out of resources and it's desperate time, follow the cloud. When we face new opportunities that we're not sure about, follow the cloud. When we've lost people and money and time and lost our senses and sometimes we need to hit the reset button. Look at me right now. Follow the cloud. Follow the cloud. God can be trusted. Let me share this story with you. And I'll begin to put it in a capsule. This is a true story that took place. I need your undivided attention for a moment. A man and his two children were coming back from Raleigh, North Carolina by plane. As they approached Dallas, the Dallas airport, the pilot came over to intercom and said, there are storms over DFW airport and the airport has shut down. We've been rerouted to Abilene, Texas. When the plane arrived in Abilene, the man called the flight attendant and he explained, since I've already reached my destination May I and my children exit the plane. See, what the pilot didn't know was that this family had booked their flight, a connecting flight that was supposed to end up in Abilene. But because of a storm, it rerouted to Abilene and they got to their destination faster. What seemed like a reroute was God taking care of them that way are you hearing what I'm saying to you there are times that something looks like it's a storm and it's going to take you off your path they were on that plane thinking they're going to go somewhere else and then they have to take another flight 
But that family wanted to eventually get to Abilene, but it had a connection that happened to change in mid-flight. Church, I want to tell you, God has an Abilene for you. Sometimes in your life, you may think, I don't understand how God's going to take this and use it, but God can and he will. But look at me. He's not just the God of the moment. He's the God of the movement. Every person that that can listen to me right now, can you bow your heads right with me right now? Come on. Father, I thank you that you're good and you use turbulence in our lives to get us where we need to get to even faster than we could if we hadn't had turbulence. God, thank you that you don't always stop the trials, but the trials make us stronger. God, I thank you that you can take a crooked arrow like me and still hit a bullseye because it is by your spirit that we are made whole. It is by your spirit that we accomplish everything you need us to accomplish. I pray in Jesus' name, help us to see you are the light, the source, the cloud that is faithful in leading me to my destination, to my promised land. In Jesus' name I pray and everybody said.